Welcome back to It's Not Normal, the podcast, episode 16. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the smear campaign. What is it? Why do narcissists do this? And how do we respond? Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to take a quick minute to thank everyone who's been tuning in to our podcast. If you've been enjoying these episodes, please be sure to like our video, to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, and if you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating. That being said, let's dive into this week's topic, the smear campaign. What is it? A smear campaign is a narcissist's attempt to tarnish the reputation, the image of their victim, to call their character into question. And they do this through spreading false information, rumors, telling lies, all in an attempt to turn other people against their victim. The smear campaign is vindictive, and it is persistent, and it is purposeful. So why do they do this? Why do narcissists expend so much time and energy trying to tear someone else down? The first reason that comes to mind is control. Narcissists, as we know, have an obsession with power and control. And if they start to feel like they're losing control over someone in their life who they have grown accustomed to controlling, who they rely on for supply, for emotional support, for help in regulating their own emotions, for backup or defense in an argument with a partner or a spouse or another family member— if they start to feel like they're losing control of that person, that is threatening to them. That is scary. It makes them uncomfortable. And so their first thought is, okay, how can I bring this person back in? How can I regain control over this person who is maybe now taking steps back away from the relationship? Maybe they're setting boundaries for the first time. And all of these really healthy things are not seen as healthy in the eyes of the narcissist. And so they will rebel against this and do anything and everything in their power, no matter how hurtful, no matter who it's towards, to regain control over that person so that they can once again feel comfortable and in control. If someone in their life that they once had control over is now taking steps back, maybe they've gained a little bit of perspective and they're starting to understand the environment that they're existing in. They're seeing the toxicity for the first time and now they're setting boundaries, right? They're actually creating their own life as an individual. They're no longer viewing themselves as an extension of the narcissist, but instead as their own person. And so if this person is kind of taking those steps, the narcissist might even want to seek revenge because they feel like they've been wronged. They've grown used to this behavior, this complacency from this person for such an extended period of time that now they feel entitled to it. And if that person is threatening to take that away, they feel as though they are justified in whatever they have to do to regain that same kind of behavior because they feel as though they're entitled to it. So that is the first thing that comes to mind, a want and a need for control. This discomfort that comes along with the person who has been supplying the narcissist for so long finally starting to take steps back away from that relationship or maybe even remove themselves from that environment. That is kind of the first reason that a narcissist might embark on a smear campaign. Second, I think, is to protect the image. 
not only their own image, but the image maybe of their family as a whole. Again, as we've talked about, narcissists are obsessed with the image. There are kind of these two parts of themselves. There's their true self, which is maybe what is deep down. And then there's this surface level self, which is the image that they portray to everyone around them, the person that they convince everyone around them that they truly are. And so often, I think narcissists create this diluted version of reality, and they live within it for such an extended period of time that they convince themselves that this is actually real, that this is actually what's going on, and they cannot entertain the idea of anything else being true. Because if that's the case, everything that they have created in their minds will start to crumble. And not only that, the idea behind kind of tackling this facade and just letting it go is so terrifying because within this reality that the narcissist has created, they are not accountable. They take no responsibility for any wrongdoings, for any hurt feelings, for anything negative that was ever said that might have had a negative impact on the people around them. They are completely free of blame. And so now if they start to entertain the idea that, okay, maybe the way that I'm viewing things isn't entirely true, right? Maybe there's a possibility that something else could be going on here. If they falter even the slightest bit with their facade, that then means that they can be held accountable for all of their words, for all of their actions, for the way that they have made other people in their life feel. And so I think that kind of compounds this desire to remain living in that reality because they are so fearful that if they let that wall down for just a minute, all eyes are going to be on them and they are going to be held responsible for every negative thing that they have ever done wrong. They're wrong now, right? People can actually go to them and tell them, hey, what you did upset me and that wasn't cool. They can no longer hide behind this facade, this image that they have worked so hard to create and to maintain. And so if someone is breaking out of a narcissistic or a controlling relationship, a relationship with an emotionally immature parent, that's not a decision that most people, kids especially, make lightly or quickly or happily. Most kids, I genuinely believe, want to have a positive relationship with their parents, regardless of the level of involvement. Maybe you call your parents every day and you talk to them on the phone for a little while, or maybe you see them once a week for a family dinner or just on birthdays or holidays. It doesn't necessarily matter the level of involvement. That is specific, in my opinion, to each individual family, but you want to have a healthy line of communication. You want there to be love and support and understanding there, in my opinion. And so if someone is breaking out of that relationship and they're making the decision to take steps back away from their family, from their parent, the reason that they're doing that is because this relationship has become so damaging and draining that they can no longer sustain being in this relationship. And more often than not, when you're dealing with a narcissist, again, with this diluted version of reality, this image that they've created, they fail to see their part in any wrongdoings, in any of the negativity. They will deny responsibility and shift the blame onto you entirely. And so 
it's clear when someone breaks out of a family like this that the parent's behavior more often than not is unhealthy. It's toxic. It's having a negative impact on the children or the people around them, maybe even a partner, a spouse. And making that decision is threatening to the image, removing yourself. What happens when you don't show up now for Christmas dinner anymore? What are your parents' friends or your extended family going to think? Again, that is a threatening thought to the narcissist because it calls into question this image that they have been portraying to themselves and to the people around them for so long. The other reason a narcissist might embark on a smear campaign is so that they can appear as the victim. And this isn't a new concept when we talk about narcissists, when they want to portray themselves as someone in need of rescuing, like they have been wronged. And that's exactly how I think they feel in moments like this. When someone makes a decision to set a boundary or to limit their contact with an emotionally immature or a controlling parent, they feel justified in anything and everything that they need to do to try to regain control over this person. And so often, I think they do this by feigning concern. They're pretending to be concerned about you, about your stability, about your sanity, about the safety of your new environment. And so they're portraying themselves as the victim, like they have been done wrong. They are sad and hurt. You are the person that is so mean and manipulative. How dare you? How could you possibly do this to your mom or to your dad? And I think it's so easy for that narrative to pass in today's society where a lot of parents' behavior is excused by their title as mom or dad. And I think what we're seeing now, especially on social media, in this community that I'm discovering the more I share my own experience online is people adult children, right, of controlling parents, of narcissists, of emotionally immature parents are now starting to realize, okay, maybe not everything that I experienced as a kid was entirely normal. They're starting to reflect on their parents' more negative behavior and how it's influenced them and followed them into adulthood. They're seeking therapy. They're questioning whether or not things that they truly feel are their own or something that they've been conditioned to believe all in an attempt to move forward and live their own life in the healthiest way possible. And so I think this idea that the narcissist wants to be perceived as the victim is really easy to pass because they are a parent. And so it's really easy to kind of paint that picture like, I've done everything for you. I put food on your table and a roof over your head, and this is how you're going to treat me. You're not going to show up for holiday dinners anymore. You're not going to call me when I want you to call me, right? It's so easy for them to be perceived as the victim. And so often I think people overlook the reasoning behind this decision on the kids part why are they making this decision there has to be some sort of a reason that a child would voluntarily choose to remove themselves from a relationship that in most cases is so important it is so substantial and foundational and Again, I don't think any kid wants to have a negative relationship with their parent. And the reason that I wanted to talk about the smear campaign, I've gotten a handful of questions about it and how you should handle it. But the main reason I wanted to talk about it is because I did not know 
what a smear campaign was. I was completely naive to the fact that all of these words and this behavior, this really hurtful behavior that I was experiencing was a manipulation tactic that is so often used by a narcissist. And so a lot of these things that I was on the receiving end of, I took personally. I really took them to heart because I thought if my parent who has known me for two decades since I have been born is saying these things about me, then there has to maybe be at least a possibility that it's true. There has to be some shred of truth to what they're saying because I can't imagine that they're just making all of these things up to hurt me, right? And so I took a lot of these things personally and I wanted to talk about this because understanding that this behavior is targeted at you because of the role that you play instead of the person that you are is hugely helpful in navigating a lot of this toxicity. What happens, I think, when you endure a smear campaign without the knowledge of what it is or why it's being used against you is it completely destroys your sense of self, your identity, and that can be really damaging and hard to recover from. I remember after moving out of my parents' house, everything in my life had turned upside down. Everything that I once believed to be true, I was now calling into question. Things were being said and done that I never would have ever predicted to have been done. And what was so hurtful about all of that was that amongst all of this that was happening in my life that I was dealing with, I was also being told that I was a terrible person, that I was tearing my family apart, that I was single-handedly making this a problem, right? I was the issue. And it was devastating, it was absolutely devastating, especially to go from feeling like I once fulfilled this role within my family where I was loved and cared about and I loved and cared about everyone else. Everyone seemed to have a pretty decent view on me as a person, whether it was academically or athletically or the time and interest that I would dedicate to the interests of other people in my family. I always felt like I showed up, like I did my part as a child in a family, sometimes even exceeded it. And so for all of that to switch overnight, in addition to the logistics of my life, where I was living, the phone that I had, the insurance plan that I was on, there were so many factors that were just completely flipped on their head. All the while, I went from feeling like I was a really valued member of my family, someone who could count on the love and support of my family to now, I'm a terrible person and they cannot believe that I'm doing this and the decisions that I'm making are so damaging. It was like I was a completely different person. I felt like my parents did not even know me in that moment. And I think so much of the reason why is because I didn't know what this was. And so I took these things really personally and I I didn't believe them to be true entirely because I still had some sense of self, but it was incredibly damaging, I think, in terms of my, my self-confidence and, you know, how I felt about myself for a time. And that's the thing about narcissists. They do not care who they're targeting or how hurtful the things that they are saying or doing are. All they are concerned about is maintaining or regaining the control that they once had over you. 
And so how do narcissists do this? How do they engage in a smear campaign? How do they carry this out? There are a number of different ways, but the first one that comes to mind is through isolation, isolating you from your support system. Chances are, if you grew up in a house, in a family, with a controlling parent, with an emotionally immature parent, you were controlled, you were sheltered, you probably didn't have a lot of outside perspective from friends or other family members. That certainly was the case for me. And so my main support system was my family. After I moved out of my parents' house, I was completely isolated from them. Not only because I believe my narcissistic parent tried to turn other members of my family against me, trying to make it seem like I was the one causing all of this trouble, but also physically. You know, we're no longer living in the same place. Our phones are maybe controlled by different people, right? People know when we're meeting, what we're doing, withholding that love and affection and support that you so desperately need in these really tumultuous times in your life makes it exponentially harder to deal with these things and actually start to heal from them. So isolation is a huge, huge tactic, I think, that narcissists use in a smear campaign. Smear campaigns are often referred to or have been referred to as large-scale gaslighting, and it couldn't be more true. I think the narcissist gaslights other people to try to turn them against their victim by telling them things that aren't true. And also, I think they gaslight their victim directly, trying to manipulate them into doubting their own version of reality, their memories, what actually happened, who they are, things that they've said or done, and sustaining that level of gaslighting, that intensity for such an extended period of time, all the while you're lacking that incredibly crucial support system. It feels at times impossible to remember who you are, what you did, why you made the decisions that you did, and to feel comfortable with that because chances are there's already enough guilt that comes along with making a decision to break out of that kind of relationship or environment. It's not something that you do willingly or happily and so you finally make this decision to prioritize yourself and now all of a sudden you are public enemy number one not only in the eyes of the narcissist but in the eyes of everyone in the narcissist circle who were in your circle as well another way i think that narcissists kind of further this smear campaign and they might do this unknowingly sort of subconsciously is through projection. And projection is something that I've talked about quite a bit. Um, projection and projective identification. And it's basically when a narcissist puts onto other people qualities of themselves that they do not like. Now, this can be both positive and negative, but it's mainly focused on the negative. When we talk about the golden child, right, someone who can do no wrong, who is maybe academically gifted or athletically gifted, the narcissist might put their more positive qualities on the golden child and see these things in them. Whereas with the scapegoat, let's say, the narcissist will put all of their negative qualities onto this person and they will start to interpret and induce these really negative behaviors and self-beliefs onto this person. And the reason that they do this is because narcissists struggle with low self-esteem. They don't have a very strong sense of self 
their self-image is very fragile. And so if they come across an emotion or a fear or an insecurity that they don't like, that makes them uncomfortable, that they think maybe makes other people perceive them as weak, they can then pin this on someone else and then they no longer have to deal with it. This is no longer who I am. This is who you are. And I'm going to say things that are going to make not only me and the people around me, but maybe even you believe that this is a you thing and not a me thing. And I think why this is so damaging, especially when you're so young, is because you're so impressionable. And so if you have these people in your life who love and care about you, right, mom and dad, who are saying these really negative things about you, they're instilling this idea of who you are to you. It's a lot easier to believe that before you really have developed any sort of a sense of self. And so I think narcissists also consciously or subconsciously use projection in a smear campaign by projecting their own insecurities and emotions onto their victim. And this is something that I experienced where I was told countless times throughout the process of breaking out of my narcissistic family that I was single-handedly tearing my family apart, that I had turned other members of my family against my narcissistic parent. Friends of mine would never be able to look at them the same way. I was being told that I was responsible for all of this. And looking back, understanding more about narcissism and projection, it's clear to me that my narcissistic parent was entirely insecure about their own behavior. They were tearing the family apart. It was their behavior and their words that were so damaging that first led to this break and second led to everything that ensued. And granted, you know, I made a decision in my life to stay in a relationship that was really important to me. That was also the cause of a lot of tension in my family. And so I understand my part in that, right? I made a decision that upset my parent, but Everything that ensued, the behavior, the words, the negativity, the gaslighting, the misinformation, the rumors, the lies, those were all done at the hands of my parent. And so that behavior, in my opinion, is truly what tore the family apart. And yet those emotions, that idea was all being projected on to me, right? I was being told that I was a completely different person, that they couldn't even recognize me now. Maybe they were just struggling to accept the fact that they were a different person and they had lost control over me and they didn't know who they were anymore. But instead of having the emotional maturity to understand those emotions and, and their role in all of this, to kind of take a step back and reflect right? This all requires self-awareness, which I think so many narcissists lack. To take a step back and to think of what their part in all of this is would have been hugely beneficial, but instead it makes them uncomfortable. They don't like this, right? They don't want this to be a part of who they are because they then are in the wrong, right? People can blame them and hold them accountable for their own actions. It doesn't feel good. And so instead of acknowledging these emotions and talking about it, working it out and moving forward in a healthy way, right? Maybe even apologizing. Let's make amends. Let's do this right. They refuse it. They deny it. And then they pin it on someone else. And how easy to pin this on the person who objectively 
right outwardly, can be seen as the one who's making waves because maybe they are the ones making the decision to leave. Whether it's moving out of a house, maybe it's going no contact, maybe it's spending more time with friends or a partner going against your parents' wishes. Whatever it might be, I think these actions can be seen by other people as, oh, okay, you're the one who's kind of changing up your behavior, right? So this makes a lot of sense. You changed, now things are bad, all fingers point to you. And so that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, how do we respond to this? And so the first thing to remember, if you are enduring any kind of a smear campaign, is to recognize the behavior, right? Understand what it is, and to remind yourself that it's not personal. Looking back, if I had known what narcissism was, what emotionally immature parental behavior looked like, what a smear campaign was, it would have been a lot easier for me to endure the words and the behavior that I had experienced because I would not have taken any of these things so personally. I would not have taken them to heart and actually felt bad for the decisions that I was making, which, looking back, were just me setting boundaries. It was me realizing that I am not an extension of someone else. I am my own individual person and I can make my own decisions. If I am around people who are not treating me the way that I feel I deserve to be treated, then I have every right in the world to take a few steps back from that relationship and to kind of reevaluate what this is going to look like for me. There is nothing wrong with that. And if someone is making me feel like a bad person for setting boundaries, that is on them. I do not need to feel guilt or shame or responsibility for the negative emotions on their part that might follow. The sadness that they might talk about, the anger, the inability to sleep at night, all of these really exaggerated emotions that maybe the narcissist in your life will try to really just drive home to you to make you feel so bad about your decision that you just give up and you can't take it anymore. And then you go back and the narcissist gets exactly what they want. The next thing I think that's really important to remember is don't try to confront the narcissist about the smear campaign and don't try to persuade others. One of the things that I've realized throughout my healing journey and in my experience with a narcissistic parent is you cannot reason with unreasonable people. There were a number of times throughout my life, especially throughout the process of breaking out of this narcissistic relationship, that I thought if I brought to this person, this information, right? This evidence, these feelings, it was very clear and concise and well-worded. There is no way that they are not gonna see reason in what I'm saying. And yet I would bring this to them, nothing positive would happen, right? They would not see reason in it, an argument would ensue, my point would never get across. And so if you go to your narcissistic parent, if they are kind of running a smear campaign on you and they're trying to make you look really bad, they're spreading rumors and lies, and you say, hey, what you're doing is not okay. These things that you're saying are not true. Look, I can prove it to you. I never did this, that, or the other thing. It doesn't matter to them because to a narcissist, it matters 10 times more how they're feeling in the moment as opposed to the truth of what's actually happening. 
And so the best course of action, in my opinion, is to completely ignore it. It's like if you're in elementary school and you're dealing with a bully, right? The best way to get a bully to stop bullying you is to stop reacting because they're getting off on the reaction that they're getting from you that you are giving to them. And so if they're picking on you and they're teasing you and they're just waiting for you to just turn around and yell at them or, or get so red in the face and you're angry and you're upset and maybe you're going to cry, right? If you don't do that, if you don't give them that reaction, where's the fun in it for them? And so as hard as it might be, I think the best way to deal with something like this is to completely stay out of it. Don't entertain it. Don't feed into it. And don't try to convince other people. If you have other relationships in your life that you truly care about, that you value, that you want to maintain or a relationship in your life that you feel your narcissistic parent is starting to interfere with, the best course of action, in my opinion, is to go to these people directly, to communicate with them directly, to explain to them a little bit about what's going on so that they can understand the situation. If they are already under the assumption that you are in the wrong, right? If they're believing the false information that the narcissist has already started to spread, it's best, in my opinion, to not try to persuade them because I think it's really easy for then you to seem like the person who's on the defense, who's trying to convince this person, oh, no, I didn't do these things. This isn't my fault. It's their fault. If the people in your life that you care about truly know you and care about you, they will not believe the lies that the narcissist is trying to spread. They will be there for you, they will support you, and they will show up for you. If you do have the ability to gather any kind of direct contradictory evidence in terms of things that your narcissistic parent has said or done regarding you or your behavior, that's a great thing to gather up so that if you do have a relationship with someone who's really, really important, let's say maybe a younger sibling, right? And you don't want them to view you negatively because it's an important relationship for you. You want to be there for them in your life. If you can at some point prove to them directly that, hey, remember when mom or dad said this thing about me? Here is concrete evidence that I didn't do that thing and I would never lie to you about that, right? Maybe gathering evidence is one way to kind of repair those relationships that a narcissist has already tried to interfere with. Otherwise, in my opinion, it's best to not to try to persuade them. Speaking of younger siblings, this is a topic that I have gotten asked a lot of questions about from older children or younger adults who are finally making that decision to move out or to go no or low contact. But they've got a younger sibling that's still at home and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to handle it. This can be one of the most difficult complicated aspects of breaking out of a narcissistic family. The reason is because more often than not, I can't speak for everyone, but your relationship with your sibling is a pretty strong one. You've grown up together, right? You've experienced a lot of the same things. There's a love there. You are from the same family. There's something to that. And it's so difficult when you know that now you're dealing with an emotionally immature parent, you were living in a toxic environment, knowing that you are leaving someone there who you love and care about is so difficult and upsetting and stressful and it makes you question your decision 
time and time again because you might know this is the right decision. This is what I have to do for myself. But now, is my younger sibling going to think that I'm abandoning them? Are they going to have a different view of me because I decided to leave when I had the opportunity to, leaving them behind? Also, what is my leaving going to trigger in my narcissistic parent? Are things going to get worse? Is this environment going to be increasingly toxic? And who's going to be there to suffer that? My younger sibling. And now, without my support, what if I move out and now I'm no longer allowed to be in contact with my younger sibling? It is awful. It is an awful decision to have to make. But people make it. Because sometimes we have to, and that's okay. You should never feel guilty for making a decision that's right for you because you cannot always make the decisions that are right for other people at the same time. And so my best advice for this is to model good behavior for your younger sibling. If you move out and your parents do not allow you to be in contact with your younger sibling anymore, that is something that you're going to have to navigate until your younger sibling is old enough to have their own sort of independence. Maybe then they will be in a place where they can remove themselves from that environment. Otherwise, if you do maintain contact with your younger sibling after you've broken out of that narcissistic family dynamic, model good behavior. Make sure that there is an open and honest line of communication between the two of you. Let them know that they are safe to come to you with any questions or concerns, if they need advice, if they're unhappy or feeling hurt about something that their mom or dad said or did to them. Know that they can come to you and you are their safe space. And when you are there with them and talking with them, be kind and patient and understanding. Show them the kind of behavior that they should expect from other people in their lives and arm them with knowledge. If they have to stay in that environment for a little while longer, maybe they're not yet old enough to go out on their own, let them know what they're dealing with, right? And that this behavior that they're receiving from their parent is not healthy, it's not normal, and it's not something that they should grow to expect from other people in their lives. And make sure you remind them that it is not personal. This behavior or those hurtful words that they are on the receiving end of has nothing to do with who they are as a person. And they should try their best to not allow those things to influence how they feel about themselves. That is my best advice for dealing with a younger sibling. And even so, I still know that it is a very difficult decision to make. It is a hard relationship to navigate when you're dealing with so much stress and other people who are looked at as authority figures in your family who have a lot of control over this person still. And I guess the last little bit of advice that I've got for how to deal with a smear campaign is to stay true to yourself, to surround yourself with supportive people who know you and love you for you, and to limit your contact with the person who is running this campaign on you. Maybe make the decision to go low or no contact. Whatever decision feels right for you to preserve and maintain your own inner peace is right for you. That is a decision that you are completely justified in. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. And those feelings maybe of guilt or shame or sadness will pass. 
Maybe even keep a journal. Journaling is really helpful for me. And when you are dealing with this kind of large-scale gaslighting and maybe you're losing some really important relationships in your life, keep track of what's going on. This way, if your own reality or perspective or memories are ever called into question, you have concrete evidence of what happened and when. It's a lot easier to validate yourself when you've got written proof of what's going on. And with that, I think that's a great way to wrap up this week's episode. I am so glad that we dove into this topic this week. This, I think for me, is something that I didn't even realize I experienced so accurately. So much of of the research that I've done and the things that I've described, I can pinpoint to different times throughout my life. And I can't help but think of how much I would have benefited from having this knowledge five years ago. And I'm really happy to share this along with everything that I've been learning along the way throughout my healing journey with you because dealing with a narcissistic parent is no easy task. It's a very difficult thing to navigate. And if anything that I can say is helpful or provides any kind of comfort, then it is absolutely worth it. So thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I will be back next week with another episode of It's Not Normal, the podcast. Bye.